The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning, new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness, O Lord. Great is thy faithfulness. You are faithful. You are a faithful God. Your promises are true. They are yes and amen. And we stand upon your promises, God, because we know that you are faithful. We thank you so much for what you are doing all over this city, bringing unity, bringing a move of your spirit, a fresh outpouring of your spirit. And we thank you for what you are doing here, God, equipping your saints to do what you've called us to do to reach this city with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we thank you so much in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. So we're going to be celebrating the Lord's Supper today. We're going to celebrate communion today. And when I mean celebrate, I really do mean celebrate. We are going to focus on it. It's not going to be just something we do in between two worship songs. It's not going to be something we do really quickly It's going to be something we focus on. It's going to be the central focus of our service today. You know, we could really learn from some of our brothers and sisters of the Lord uh, in different streams because there are different denominations in the body of Christ where the communion table, celebrating communion, is the central focus of their whole service. I remember going to this church in the United States. Um, It was, I believe it was a Lutheran church. But it was a Lutheran church where the Holy Spirit just went boom. And so just awesome. God was doing powerful things in their midst. They had some of their traditional uh, things, but it was just alive. I mean, it was, it was amazing. And even the way the church was structured, the way they structured their pews, it was amazing. It was in a circle like this, and there was a permanent fixture in the middle where the communion table would be. It, it was always there. That was the central focus of coming together. And uh, we could really learn from our brothers and sisters in in other denominations like the Episcopalians and and the Lutherans and so on uh, because they have such a high view of the Lord's table. And I remember, uh, they call it the Holy Eucharist. And um, the word Eucharist in Greek, it derives from the word that means thanksgiving. And uh, that's really what it's all about, giving thanks to God and, you know, that's what it felt like when I was in this church service in, in the States. Um, lively Lutheran church. Holy Spirit doing amazing things in their worship and their, uh, just even in their communion time. And it was powerful, very powerful. Um, it felt like a celebration of giving thanks. And so that's what we're going to do this morning because God is good. And we want to give thanks to God for his goodness in our lives, for what he's doing in our lives, for guiding us, for protecting us, for providing for us, for using us. And so, you know, we have a big part of communion is coming together. And it's not just the one pastor that 
does the communion. We all get to take part in it. It's a communal thing. We come together, one body, focusing on the one, Jesus Christ, who died for our sin, but also raised us to new life in him, into a whole world of possibilities with him. And so this morning, the first thing we are going to do this morning is share testimonies of how God is working in our lives. And I've asked a couple of people to share uh, something that God has been doing in their lives. Um, I'll come to you with the mic. Um, but after, so David, I've asked David to share a story and Lindsay uh, as well to share just what God has been doing. Uh, amazing. Uh, she was sharing something in the prayer meeting on Wednesday and it just blew my mind uh, about what God can do in answer to prayer. Um, but after they share, we're just going to open it up, kind of like how we do with prayer time, and just invite you, if you have a testimony of what God has done in your life, something amazing, one of those moments where you're like, oh, it arrests your attention, and it's like, God is real, God is here, God is with me. If you have a testimony like that, that you want to share, uh, we're going to open it up for you to share that. Two minutes, if possible. <laughs> We'll try it, okay? If it goes over, we'll work with it. We'll try. But uh, yeah, just two to three minutes just sharing of what God's been doing. And so I'm just going to come to you, David. Yeah, so this was, uh, I shared this with Pastor Nick and Pastor James on the way up to Stainer. And it's really, it's an amazing thing because it's not something that happens all the time. So let me just preface uh, this story by saying that. But I was at the Victoria Park and I was just, hanging out with my boys and it was my day off and I'm just pushing them on the swings and often I'm talking with people because I really like people and so I was telling this woman uh, my testimony just of how you know kind of dark to light and and Jesus uh, saved me and just sharing you know really the message of Jesus and and my story with her and this friend comes up she's from um, high school and she's like David and I said yeah and she comes over and we're like oh I haven't seen each other in so long and As soon as she came over with her boyfriend, I felt the Lord say, he plays guitar. I was like, all right, do you play guitar? He's like, yeah, I do. Um, But, and he pulls his hands out of his leather jacket, and they're like this on both both sides. And uh, he said, but I haven't played for like eight years, because I've got this, some kind of itis, and you know, he said a whole bunch of things, and and they went over my head, and and I, I thought, okay. And if I'm totally honest, guys, I had zero faith. I just, but I felt the Lord say, pray for him. Zero faith, but I said, okay, I will. And uh, prayed for him. I really got really excited because as I was praying, I was like, oh, it's going to happen. I opened my eyes. I'm like, there's nothing, right? Like, oh, that's great. Okay. Again, felt like, okay, try again. So we're going to try again. God really loves you. We're just going to see this. Um, You know, just simple prayer, just like, in Jesus' name, Lord, show him your love. We just bind up this sickness and we release your kingdom. And I opened my eyes and the guy was like wide-eyed. He's like moving his fingers like this, both hands. Wow. It was amazing. And, uh, and I, again, I want to say like no faith. Like it wasn't like I was convinced, you know. I was totally surprised. Totally surprised. Uh, but God is good, amen. And uh, and I'm I'm friends with him on Facebook now, and we checked up, and he's still doing better. So yeah, there we go. Awesome! Thanks for sharing. Wow. 
Isn't that amazing? You know, and this is part of what we wanted to share this morning, like what God can do. I mean, when Jesus died on the cross for our sin, he paid the penalty for our sin. Absolutely. He was raised again. And that resurrection power is alive in the church. And so that's a wonderful testimony. Thank you for sharing that, David. Lindsay. Thank you. I guess I'll stand with some. Hi, everybody. I'm Lindsay. Um, some of you know me. A lot of you don't know me. I'm actually pretty new to this church. I've only been coming for about three weeks now. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, and I came to this church because of um, my brother and then also my parents. Um, very spirit-filled type of family, very prophetic family, and God's moving here. And that's what really drew me in was the movement of God. And so um, I've been diving more into God and what he has planned for me and how he's moving in my life day to day. Because I grew up in a church for years and years and years, and I was in children's ministry, I was in dance, like I did everything, and yet I still didn't feel that God was moving a lot in my life, and I couldn't see what He was doing in my day to day life um, until about a year ago when our family started to get introduced into the prophetic and started to work within it and see where God was calling us into it. And so, um, I have two things to share. The first one happened at the beginning of October. Um, somebody had hacked into my bank account and took all my money, all of it. It was all gone. And I don't make a whole bunch of money. I work at the YMCA and don't get me wrong, the YMCA is awesome. And I work with children and I love children, but it's split shifts. It's not full time. So I have to work really hard to make enough money to make my payments from being in school, car payments, all this stuff. And when all that money was gone, I panicked. I was like in tears and I just couldn't believe that this would happen to me. It's like, God, I don't make a whole bunch of money. I'm not a billionaire. Why would they take money from me? And um, so I went home and I talked to my parents about it. And I was like, I was like, I don't know what to do. And my mom was like, you need to pray. You need to get on the phone. You need to freeze your account. And then you need to pray. And I was like, okay, okay. And that was not easy because in that moment, like when you get attacked, you just, you feel like it's the end of the world and you feel like there's no hope. But I did that immediately. I went, I, I called the bank, of course, and froze my account. And then I prayed and I just gave it all to God. And you know, the enemy knows, he knows your weaknesses and he's really, really skillful at attacking those weaknesses in different ways. So he knew that I, that is an area where I'm still learning to trust God more with my finances and give it more to him. And he knew that, oh, if I attack her this way, maybe she'll fall away from God and won't walk into her destiny. And I took a stand and was like, no, 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 no. You don't mess with me like this. Not anymore in the name of Jesus. That money's mine. It's mine. I worked hard for that money. And that money is going to be put to a purpose, to a vision that I have. And you can't take it from me. I'm going to get all of it back. So then the next week, I went to the Wednesday night prayer night um, because I love prayer. Oh, I love prayer. It's amazing what God does through prayer. Um, And so um, I told them my situation. And actually, I didn't even tell them what happened. James was praying. And then all of a sudden, he said finances. And then he stopped. And I just broke in tears. I was like, yes, this is what happened to me. Told the story. And then we prayed. And we prayed. And we prayed. And we prayed. And then the next week, I checked in. Like, I went to the bank after that day and they said oh it's going to take about maybe a week to two weeks to figure out what's going on and I was like okay well how am I going to get through these next two weeks I've got payments coming up and it was a god thing that my mom had told me to put um, money into a tax-free savings account so thankfully I was covered and I had that money to put into my account to hold me over 
um, which was totally a God thing. So then I checked in the following week, um, and they're like, oh, it's going to take another week. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, how long is this going to take? And I just kept praying and praying and praying and giving it to God. And then I got a phone call about a week ago, and they said, hey, this is the bank. And I'm like, oh, okay, what's your news? And they're like, you got all your money back. You don't have to pay a dime for anything. Because like they were saying how with my MasterCard, they had taken all of my money from that too. And to put all of it back on, they would charge you a fee. And they're like, you don't have to pay any fees. So God had restored all that money that was taken from me. So, Yeah, God is so good. So good. So my second story, this is the really cool one. Well, like the first one's cool, but this one like, whoo. Okay, so if you've ever seen the movie War Room, um, think of the scene where um, the two ladies, they're in the parking garage and this man comes up to them with a knife and is like threatening them saying, give me all your money. Okay, think of that. And when she said, in the name of Jesus, no. Okay, think of that. That's the setup. So it was a Friday night. I was walking downtown with a friend of mine and she's a very, very godly woman. And we were going to this 90s mix party. Um, at the museum, and you know, downtown Kitchener can be a little sketchy, and there are some people that are not maybe the safest kind of people, and especially for two girls to be alone together, walking at night, probably wasn't my best choice. Um, And so what had happened is we're walking, and all of a sudden this lady's coming towards us, and I just got hit with this fear, this fear that she was going to try and like take my bag or attack me. So I whipped it in front of me and all of a sudden she comes from, she comes behind and then starts talking to us and starts talking about these extreme, like dangerous situations that's happened to her and said, that's going to happen to us. Like, and then she's like, Oh, you're going to go to the police. Yeah. The police are going that way. You keep walking, you keep walking. And it just like, it didn't make any sense. And so I thought of that movie immediately in that scene when the lady said in Jesus name. So I told my friend and I'm like, we need to pray in the spirit. So we started praying in the spirit, and within seconds, we couldn't hear her anymore. She had stopped. Like, the enemy within that was working within her had stopped, and she walked away the other direction, and God had protected us through that. So God is there. He is there to protect you at all times. So don't ever doubt it. So Amazing. Wow. Thank you for sharing that, Lindsay. Oh, man. God is so powerful. That's so awesome. Do you want to share um, James asked me to share this because it'll bring home his point too. Um, two weeks ago during the service, if you remember, James came in and said, I don't have a sermon. Or, yeah, I don't have a sermon. I, God told me no. And we had a healing prayer service instead. And at that time, I shared the accident I'd had on our vacation in Algonquin. Um, I'd fallen onto a tree stump with a big spike that on my right side had gone in here done a whole lot of damage. <laughs> I was still in a lot of pain. Um, so I tried to get out of, to be honest, I tried to get out of people praying for me, so I would pray for Christina instead, and I got ambushed anyway. <laughs> and then when the service was over, we had to drive um, a couple hours to my brother's funeral. And by the time we got there, I said to Ben, it's amazing how your mind plays tricks on you. And he asked me what I meant, and I said, it feels like um, butterfly wings fluttering all in where the internal injuries were. And um, he just looked at me like, Sarah, it's not your mind playing tricks. But like David said, having no faith, I was thinking, no, it can't possibly be this. By the end of that night, I was completely pain-free. And um, (laughs) when, 
went the next two days um, totally pain-free, and then I decided, oh, I'm, I'm fine, and I started to do too much, and the pain came back a bit, <clears throat> but nowhere near as bad as it was. Um, the doctor told me that it would be weeks and weeks of recovery. He told me that there was um, a bunch of scar tissue forming a lump that would not go away. Um, I'm not in any pain. I can now pick up my daycare kids. I can do everything I need to do. And there is no lump anymore. Amen. Amen. That's amazing. That, that is amazing. Thank you for sharing that. God is so awesome. Hello. So, hi. Hi. Um, so me and uh, one of my friends a little while back went back to the university that I used to go to. A little background story. I left university very early. I was only there for a few months. Um, but anyway, me and my friend went back to go and minister to people. And uh, we talked with one of my best friends who was a complete ladies' man in college. Like he was uh, realistically like with another girl every single week. And... Um, Anyway, he was, uh, me and him used to, like, party together and stuff like that, and uh, he, was, he was hurting from something, and uh, I noticed that, and I went and I spoke with him, and I told him just a little bit of what God has been doing in my life, and how he's radically been changing me as I read the Bible, and as I, as I search and pray and ask him to reveal himself to me, so... I asked him if I could pray for him, and uh, when I started to lay hands on him, I started to pray, and I asked God, I said, God, open his heart and pierce his heart to, that you would reveal yourself to him, and in that moment, he, he's, a, he's a tough kid, he started crying, he was bawling his eyes out, and I didn't know what was happening, so I just kept praying, and he was crying, and uh, if you know him, he, this kid does not cry at all, ever, and... Um, so after he was done and he kind of regained himself, I asked him what just happened. And he said that um, he just had a vision. And he didn't even know what a vision was. But he said he was being carried through a tunnel by angels. And he saw Jesus at the end of the tunnel wearing this purple robe and just opening his arms toward him. And he saw that and went through that as I was laying hands on him and asking God to reveal himself. Wow. And uh, he gave his life to the Lord. Wow. We baptized him. And now he is going and shadowing a pastor because he's becoming a pastor now. Wow. What a powerful story. Thank you, Chris, for sharing that. Yeah, I just have a simple story to tell what happened last week. Um, I was working in a kind of like a... Uh, a warehouse uh, working on doors and hardware, just fixing some doors. And at the end of the job, I I felt like God said to me, go and ask the secretary a question. And the question was, um, in a philosophical sense, I I, I was supposed to ask this question. And anyway, so so I went to, I said, okay, sure, you know, I'll I'll go and do it, right? It seems kind of like, where's this going to lead or anything? I didn't know. But I went to the secretary after and just had a little bit of chit-chat talk with her first, you know, just just to get to, you know, break the ice a little bit. And then I said, I want to ask you a question. I don't know if anyone's ever asked you this question before, but, you know, I'd like to ask you a question. She goes, okay. I says, do you have any overriding philosophy that you live your life by? And I was saying it in sort of like a very, 
you know, philosophical kind of way, you know, something that, you know, that, that your life centers around kind of thing. And, and she says, oh, she said, that's not unusual. She says, my, my husband's like that. He's very philosophical. He's always asking these philosophical questions all the time. So she says, I'm quite used to this. I was really surprised by that, right? And, and then she, uh, you know, uh, told me how she lives her life. And, and I said to her, I said, you know, I, I'm a born-again Christian. I know Jesus as my Savior. I says, I, I asked you that question because I felt that God wanted me to ask you that question. You know? And so then we just talked a little bit more, and that was about it. But what I, what I learned from that was how God can open doors for you to have conversations with people. And the other thing I learned is, is that you don't have to give the whole four spiritual laws when they ask, when, when you get into a conversation with somebody, because somebody else may come along later and because you had a good encounter with a Christian, and so another Christian might come along and, and, say, and say something else. But I was really excited about that because I had that question in my mind to go and ask her, and I thought, is that from you, God? And then when I find out that, that her, um, her husband is very philosophical and asks those kind of questions all the time, it was like a confirmation saying, yeah, that's you, God. So that was encouraging. Amen. Wow, that is powerful. You know, and what Brian is sharing really is a testimony to the fact that, you know, because of what Jesus has done, we now have access to the Father. And he, he walks with us. He talks with us. And uh, what an amazing journey it is to walk with the Lord, to listen trust and obey and just do what he says amen amen i think we have time for one one more i uh, would like to uh, thank you for everybody brother and sister prayed for me before uh in uh, may the 20, 20 uh, may the 19th that happened for my year of death and i didn't know what happened I'm so sad. Every Sunday I come here, the people singing. I sit down here, I only see the people mouth moving, but I don't hear any voice. So I cry, cry so much, and uh, I told a party, and um, John, the family, they pay for me. So after a week later, I hear a little bit. Now the doctor find out, they said uh, I have an allergy from the tree, from the grass, the flower. So, but now every week I have to go get an injection. I went there, the, uh, the special doctor, he told me, he said, you're lucky, you don't have to pay nothing. I said, you know what, I'm lucky, but uh, my husband over 70, he's still working. I have my benefit pay for that too. Eh? So another thing, and um, my, my daughter-in-law, last week, I, my husband told Pray for her. Now she got a Canadian citizen. She's happy. Mm. Yeah. Thank you for that. Amen, amen. Amen, amen. Okay, yes. Yeah, we will do that. Yeah, we will do that. So we thank you. Thanks for sharing that testimony. Thanks. I really wanted to share last weekend, and then James said this weekend was going to be a weekend of sharing. So I was like, okay, I can, I can contain my excitement for one more week and, and share uh, today. So I was just like, I really wanted to share, and I just really wanted to say thank you to everybody who's been walking with me and praying for me. Uh, we found out a week and a half ago that Daniel's visa was approved, and so we're just praising God. It is a miracle that that visa went through. Anyone who knows the immigration process, anyone who knows visas, it's 
tough. Like the, the work we went through to put that visa together. When I first got home from Zambia, everybody told me, like, this is not going to work. Like, I had people come up to me story after story of people they knew and how many years it took them and how many times they had to try. So the fact that we tried once at six months, one try, and it was approved, that is God's grace, that is God's goodness goodness and i'm just i am so thankful so thankful and so i just i really want to give public praise today that god is good and he hears us and that those are those situations where you just know it's god because there is nothing else that could have made that happen so we just we praise you god and we thank you for what you're doing amen amen that is so powerful thank you all right one more this one's gonna be a good one right I've always been a little reluctant to share things because I'm afraid of bragging. Um, but I've been told by Dave here that you're supposed to give God the glory and give him everything. Um, the daughter-in-law had suffered uh, car accidents and numerous other things, wound up with fibromyalgia, and for years and years suffered with fibromyalgia. And uh, For those of you who know what it is, it's just pain through your whole body, continuous, 24 hours a day. So... Over a year ago, Irene and I started praying because we knew another woman that had been freed. And it took over a year. And, of course, we hear stories about you pray for somebody, they're healed. Yeah, it doesn't always work that way. So over a year we prayed for her, and she was in a conference in San Diego, came out of the conference, got on the bus to go to the airport, and all of a sudden she noticed, I don't need my sunglasses anymore. Gee, the pain. The pain went from a 10 to a 3. Now, she's born again. She loves the Lord with her husband. But, uh, like, for years, she went through this pain. And I can't take credit for healing her. God healed her. But... So powerful. You know, and again, that's what we're bringing to the table. That's what we're bringing the table God with us celebrating that God is with us through it all through everything that we go through in our lives God is with us and to testify about his goodness in our lives isn't that amazing church I mean that is so inspiring I hope we're recording this because I'm going to listen to that again and again some of these stories this is the best sermon ever right and you guys are preaching it this is amazing God is good God is good all right, I'm going to speed through this. All right, if you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Uh, it will be on the screen as well, so not to worry. 1 Corinthians 11, I'm going to read verses 23 to 26. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-three to 26. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you. That the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. 
When we celebrate communion, we often, I often read this passage. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, 23 to 26. This is the go-to passage. And we hear it again and again and again, and, and, and we read it again and again, and there's times where maybe you know what I'm talking about. When you read a passage of Scripture, it's a powerful passage, but it just stays stuck in the mind area, and it doesn't really go to the heart. Do you know what I'm talking about? Right? Sometimes we, we, we tend to do that. But there are times when you, even in the rep- repetitious nature of memorizing Scripture, reading the Scriptures, when we take a moment and just say, God, what are you saying? And wait, God can speak to us through his text. And he's been doing that with me this week as I was just meditating. You know, I, I very, very little bit into the commentaries this week. I just like, I, I, I understand the scholars do great things, but God, I just want to hear from you. What are you saying? And it was just simple what he was showing me. And, um, you know, so I read the part. Jesus took bread, he broke it, gives thanks for it, and then he says, this is my body, do this in remembrance of me. And after that is when we partake of the bread, um, the body of Christ, which is symbolized by the bread. And um, I just stopped for a moment and I thought, you know, what must, what, what would it have been like for Jesus to do this? I had to just stop and think about that for a moment. Jesus, he took the bread and broke it, representing what was going to happen to him. Could you imagine what he was thinking or what he was going through in that moment? The bread represented his body that was going to be broken, bruised, pierced, crucified. That's what the bread represents. And he broke it, and the scripture says that he gave thanks to God. Could you, uh, let's ponder that for a second. He gave thanks to God. You know, it's one thing to give thanks to God when we are at the mountaintop experience in life. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's great. We're called to give thanks to God in all circumstances, It's the will of God for us in Christ Jesus. So when we are experiencing the amazing things God is doing in our lives, we say thanks. And it's awesome. It's worship. We're giving the honor and praise that's due his name when we do that. We're called to do that. You know, in a few days from now, our family is going to be giving thanks to God like crazy. We already are, but we're going to give thanks even more when our baby number four comes. I mean, it's a miracle. I can't wait to hold her. You know, I, just, I can't wait. We're going to be giving thanks to God. So giving thanks to God on the mountaintop is awesome. It's something God calls us to do. But let me tell you something. Giving thanks to God when you're in the pit, when the circumstances surrounding you are all against you, when you're in the pit of despair and you give thanks to God in that place, let me tell you something. It takes an incredible measure of faith for somebody to do that. God, I don't know what's going on in my life right now. All these things are in my life right now. There is a storm all around me. Everywhere I look, there's a storm, but I trust in you. 
That is a powerful thing that we can do. In fact, I believe it's one of the greatest tests of our faith is through the storm, through the circumstances we face in life, can we give thanks to God? When we do, we are declaring something. We are declaring we know. Even though it doesn't seem like it, God, I know you are faithful. I know there's a purpose to this. I trust. I trust there is a purpose to my pain, to my suffering, to this trial. I believe, I believe, I believe, because I know that you are faithful. It takes tremendous faith for us to do that, for us to say that. Jesus did that at the table with his disciples, knowing what was before him. He broke bread and he gave thanks to God. Powerful. He then goes on and he takes the cup and he says that this cup is the new covenant in his blood. He just declared in that moment why he had to die. He was declaring in that moment why he had to die to usher in the new covenant, the covenant that God made with us and that we make with God through faith in Jesus Christ. God made a way for us to be reconciled to him, to be united with him, to be raised with him. He sent Jesus to die on our behalf for our sins and Jesus rose again to give us new life in him. A new life with God. That's what it means to be born again. Our eyes are open to this whole new world of possibilities where fear melts away, where our identity crisis, you know, there's so many people. We, we were at a prayer meeting, the upper room prayer meeting on Friday. We're praying for the city, and uh, I had the amazing honor to pray for the city of Waterloo. And uh, I was just saying how we need to pray for our students in our universities um, David and I, we met with uh, Power to Change, uh, some folks from Power to Change, uh, talking about doing some uh, ministry with them on the campuses there. And uh, they were sharing how much despair there is on the campuses because of this lack of understanding who they are, this identity crisis that these young folks are facing in their lives because they put so much of our identity. And it's, you know, I'm not saying that it's their fault. I mean, there's so much pressure and so much in their lives where they put their identity on where they go to school, what program they're in, how, how good their grades are, how much money they'll make, and all this. That's what they put their identity in. And when those things start to crumble, their life crumbles. And there's been a number of suicides on campus this year. And I mean, we don't hear about it too often on the media, but... You know, even one's too, not, too much, too many, even one. But there's been several, and that's just unbelievable, you know. But the amazing, the amazing thing that we have, church, is this understanding of who we are. Our identity is in Christ, who God created us to be. We derive our identity from him, And that changes everything. It changes the way you view everything. That's what we bring when we come to communion. We say, thank you, God, for who you've made me to be. I don't have confusion over my identity. I know who I am in you. And that identity is secure. It is true. It is 
secure. It's powerful. That's what we bring when we come to the communion table. When we celebrate communion, we are on the one hand, of course, remembering the price that Jesus paid, a tremendous price to die on the cross for our sin. You know, the scriptures in 1 Corinthians 11 says, do this in remembrance of me. And so on the one hand, that's what communion is all about, remembering the price that was paid. On the other hand, it is proclaiming something. It's proclaiming something. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six says this, For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. It is a proclamation. Jesus died for me to do these things, raise me to new life, to give me a new identity, to pour out his spirit upon me. And look at the amazing testimonies we heard this morning of what God is doing in our lives. All because of what Jesus has done. He made a way for us. He made a way for us. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. Um, and they're just going to uh, play. And then they're going to lead us in a song after, our, after we observe communion. Um, actually, I'm going to ask the communion servers as well to come forward. Um, I want to invite you at this time, just prior to taking communion, to think back at a time when you experienced God doing something mighty in your life that, again, completely directed your attention to him. Just think of that moment. I know maybe we uh, weren't able to get to share this morning, but I want you to think about that, how God showed himself to be faithful in your life. And as we take communion, what we're doing is we are proclaiming the Lord's death, what it means that he died, what it means for you, that he made a way for you to be united with him. And that he is working in your life and will continue to do so. And in that sense, what you are doing is you are making a, pro- a prophetic declaration as you take communion. God made a way for me and he will continue to do so because of what he's done. It's a prophetic declaration. I have open access to the Father and because of that, nothing is impossible with God. God is with me. Amen.
Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Church, let us partake of the body of Christ that was broken for us.
same way he took the cup. And after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The blood that was shed for the forgiveness of sins, the blood that was shed to declare victory over the power, all the power of the enemy. The blood is the new covenant that we have with God in Christ Jesus. Let us partake of the blood of Christ together, church. Amen. Why don't you stand with us? So here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. You're all together lovely. All together. Two.
Bless you. Have a wonderful week.